Welcome to the Starting Lineup Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Brandt. In the studio with me today, we got the tall man, Jared Brandt. What up, what up, what up? Thank you, Jared, for that great little two-second hello. Folks, we are your all-new, all-college sports podcast. We got football, we got basketball, we got baseball, hockey, soccer. If it's a college sport, we're probably going to talk about it. Although today, we are going to focus on one sport and one sport only. The madness. The madness of March. College, basketball, and the chaos that it brings. Jared, we know you love chaos. Uh, I'm here for it. I put my bracket together every year, and I truly truly just hope for chaos i don't care how my bracket ends up i don't need it to do well i just need chaos to ensue just chaos that's that's all you need from march yeah i need 16s to upset ones happened look at that and then i need the 15s the 14s all all the way to as long as it's not my team going down everyone else can lose to an underdog well i i feel like we should acknowledge who i i should say our team because we like the same team here and where our bias is gonna lie Gotta love Michigan State. Go green. Of course, Michigan State playing well early. You're gonna miss that go white right there. Really? Go green. Go white. I'm so disappointed in you. You call yourself a fan. What are you? I'm Tom, a- Tom Izzo would be crying because you missed that go white. I don't think he'd be crying. But let's talk about the one time I did get the go white when we went and watched him play in the round of 32 a few years back. That is true. It that was is true. It was clean too. It was, and then we lost to KU by twenty. Let's not talk about that because only winning, only winning. This isn't the same. Not even the close to the same team. Definitely not. That was a team with Jaron Jackson Jr., Miles Bridges, and Jaron Jackson Jr. was on that team. Yes, he was. Okay. Because that was the year they both left. I remember this vividly. Okay. Because he's taller than you. He he is taller than me. He's also way better at basketball than I am. That's not hard to do. Okay. Whatever, dude. All right. Well, let's hop right into some chaos that you love. Furman upsetting Virginia. uh, I picked this one in a couple of my brackets. Um, Furman can shoot the heck out of the basketball. Um, Unfortunately, they drop it out in the round of 32. Sad day. Uh, but we were, you can't be upset to see that Furman wins their conference championships, gets into the tournament, and then causes a little uproar with a big old blue blood like Virginia. Hey, this just shows that Virginia, not a team to play, not a team that wants to play in March anymore. Um, they lose to a 16 seed and then go win a national championship, so. And then miss the tournament the next year. It happens. And then lost to a 13 or a 12, whatever it was last year, in opening weekend, and now loses It again. just shows that the, the gap of talent between the different um, schools and leagues is closing. I would agree. But that opens up a whole other discussion with NIL and paying college athletes. And we're not going to talk about the day. We're just going to talk about basketball basketball we don't need the nitty-gritty on why they got there we just need the nitty-gritty on how they played so sure do we let's just flash all the we're gonna go all the way to the end of the game and the miscue from virginia getting stuck in a corner 
and just tossing the ball just to chucking just chucking the it. ball. What, what is he thinking there? Well, if you if you if you go back and watch, his his guy is coming through running up to it. So it's not that he didn't have a guy down there. He just didn't throw it far enough. I think he was trying to kill the clock. If he just throws it up and throws it high enough and far enough, he kills the clock game over. Unfortunately, not what happened. Absolutely not. But should have wh- just held on to it, covered it up, let him foul you. But what a three from J.P. Pegwis. What a three. Ice in his veins. Cold-blooded sniper. Now, if you go back and look at the box score, he actually shot terribly. Uh, it doesn't matter if you shoot terrible. You hit it when it matters. You're right. And his one three-pointer was that one. Of course, Furman led by uh, Jalen Slauson, who unfortunately did not play great today. But, you know, it matters in the wins, not the losses. Well, it also matters in losses. But Furman, of course, winning that game, creating some, creating some drama. Early in the tournament, second game of the day on Thursday. What a way to start the tournament, too. Just killing brackets early. You know, with Virginia shooting, going 2-for-12 from three-point land, I think that's really what killed him because Furman hit ten, went 10-for-28, ten shooting 35%, but when you only go 2-for-12 from from three-point lands, uh, I think you're going to have a bad day. I, I would agree with you. And, of course, you know, Virginia leads the way almost the whole game and then just Kind of, kind of blows it, you know. They have the lead all the way up until about five minutes left in the game. Furman comes in, ties it up, and just takes advantage. And then Furman lets up. Of course, you know they drop down and they they start to fall behind. And then just a couple more shots hit, and they're back on top. And and the love was spread out pretty well over between Furman. Like everybody was really pulling their their weight. Um, four starters with. 10 plus points um in virginia only had three players two of them starters one off the bench with 10 plus um it's it took really took that those five starters that were coming for Furman to really get this team over the edge and they found a way to win and that's that's kind of the big point in march is that you find a way to win yeah and of course even Furman getting out rebounded by eight and really kind of you know you see both teams pass the ball really well uh, f- fouls, Furman, pretty equal. Pretty equal. Of course, Furman taking the advantage there, but that's what happens when you. What conference does Furman come out of? From that, I don't even remember what conference no they're idea. from. No idea. <laughs> Although, what a Southern. what a mascot name, the Paladins. Love it. Do, do you know what a paladin is? Just real quick, I I want to know if you know what a paladin is. A large creature that's strong no i think it's kind of like an armadillo if i remember right a paladin is an armadillo armadillo-esque i didn't say it was armadillo-esque yeah like isn't it doesn't it kind of look like an armadillo? a paladin is any of the 12 peers of charlemagne's court of whom the count palatine was the chief what? I thought the I thought a paladin was an animal. Uh no. Wow. Um a trusted military leader. Okay, now that we got our word of the day out. All right. 
Move on. Let's move on to uh, uh, Princeton. Princeton. Also, what a game. Of course, your bracket had Arizona winning the national championship. The whole thing. And the whole thing. And they... It's fine. Team was That team was really good. And they just came out. And to me, they laid an egg. That's all they did was just lay an egg. It, 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 was a, it was a rough, rough game to be an Arizona Wildcat. But what a day to be a nerd. What a day to be someone that goes to an Ivy League school. I can't say be a nerd because I can be a nerd sometimes. What a day to be a nerd. What a day to be a nerd. Okay. But I, again, I come back to the, the three-point shooting. Arizona goes three for 16. Okay, but... From beyond the arc. Okay, Princeton wasn't much better, four of 25. But they didn't have to be. I feel like at the end of the day, you kind of need to have decent three-point shooting. Okay, 13 turnovers for Arizona. Um, 11 for Princeton. Sure. Def- I mean, the edge is barely on rebounding, I guess, for Princeton. Princeton just made better made better shots to me. I, I would they shot the ball six shot the ball 64 times, made it 26. So they they got more shots off than Arizona, and they made more of them. And that's how you win basketball. That 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 is, and of course, a four point win, and then Princeton follows it up today with a commanding win over Missouri. Um, I had no real doubts. I just I just think that Missouri team's kind of weak. Um, if they're if they are not shooting the the three ball well, they really don't have a leg to stand on. Uh, I would agree with you there. Of course, Princeton today. From from three, 12 of 33. And if you look across the board there, Missouri, 6 of 22. Yeah. That three-point so. shot could not go for the Tigers. And, of course, they got outshot ele- by 11 from beyond the arc. Which Tigers? Both of them are Tigers. The ones that lost. <laughs> the yellow ones that... All right, all right, all right, the, all right, all right. The the yellow ones. The 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 yellow and black. I got it. Missouri. Just a rough day from beyond the arc. You got three players from Missouri who have offers from beyond the arc. And then you just And Missouri fouled at double the rate that Princeton was fouling. It you, you don't win games that way. No. Uh, you, you you don't. You can't, you can't go out and get eighteen fouls and not have the other team sticking with you in it. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta play smart. Gotta, gotta get get the ball, not the guy. And Princeton pulled away and commanded the game really well. Was really happy with the way they passed the ball, moved it around, and really found their way into shooting some good shots. Absolutely, of course. Princeton led by uh, DeAndre Golston. Or no, 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 no. Ryan Langberg, I definitely flipped him. Colston plays for Missouri. Uh, that that's a rough one to that's a rough one to mess up. It's okay. You'll get it next time. Next time. I hope I really hope there's not a next time because that means that uh we're in another uh, fifteen cruising through the NCAA tournament. Of course we get St. Peter's last year. I really hope that they get they can take on Baylor or Creighton um next week and just Take it to them and get another win. Let's get them in the Elite Eight. 
I'll be a nerd this for the rest of the tournament. How, how would you feel if Princeton made a Final Four? Cool, I'm in. I, again, I'm here for chaos. Y- you are whatever, whatever the highest seed can be there. I'm in. Well, if if we're gonna talk about high seeds and upsets, I think we gotta talk about Farley Dickinson knocking off Purdue. Well, of course. Now our good friends up there at, at uh, for Purdue. Matt Painter, I'm sorry, but I'm happy you lost. I like it when the Big Ten wins, but... uh, It's just so much sweeter when Purdue loses. I can't say I didn't smile a little bit because they lost. Of course, neither of us picked this in our bracket. I think we both wanted to. Absolutely not. I didn't pick it in my bracket. No way. You weren't going to pick this at all? Never. See, I had had my doubts in Purdue's ability to win this game when Farley Dickinson's coach is in in the locker room saying, you know what, we're going to beat them. You know, that's when I was like, you know what? Farley Dickinson can beat Purdue. It's just the turnovers for Purdue. They just couldn't take care of the basketball. Those guards just did not have a good game, didn't have a good anything going on yesterday. Well, it, of course, if you go and watch the game, anytime Zach Eady touches the ball, he's double and triple teamed. He still scored 20 points. He Okay, how many points did he drop on Michigan State? 20. 30. 30, whatever. He still he still scored his like average of twenty points, I, and nobody else showed up. I still think at the end of the day, it's that defense. You know, make the big man work. Make and of course, then Zach Eady. How many fouls does he have? One. But I've been saying this all season. They don't call fouls on him. But you know, who listens to me besides stats? He's a big man who really doesn't move a whole lot, and if you pull him out of the way of the middle of the floor, he's not going to get a foul call because he's not there. They they need Purdue couldn't take care of the basketball. They couldn't. They really just didn't have the ability, and they they didn't shoot. They didn't really shoot well, shooting nineteen percent from three, and shooting thirty five percent from the field, thirty six percent from the field. Again, you're just not going to win games if you don't take take care of the basketball. As a Michigan State fan, I know that all too well. If we do not take care of the basketball, we are not going to win games. I I would agree with you there. And, of course, Purdue out-rebounding Farley Dickinson by nine. Like, of course, you you get Edie has his his usual 15 rebounds. But outside of that, you know, if, if you take Edie out of the game, and you and you give Purdue like an average size big man, like six eleven, seven foot, right? You take Zach Eady out of this game. Do you think Purdue wins it because they can spread the ball out a little bit more instead of trying to rely on a big man? They didn't, but they tried to, and they didn't. They couldn't spread it out, even with the big man down there. They they still couldn't spread it out. They they were needing to find points from elsewhere other than Edie and there wasn't anybody else well I mean you got Fletcher Lawyer you know shooting three from eight from beyond the arc what was it 12 points 13 uh yes Fletcher had 13 points yeah okay and who else they got one guard going Gillis with again they couldn't they couldn't play defense and they couldn't keep the ball from turning it over. How many turnovers did Fletcher Lawyer have? Two. 
He's not bringing the ball up, I guess, on a lot, but whatever. No, uh, it would be uh, Braden Smith had seven turnovers for the Boilermakers. Purdue had every chance to to win this game, and a- absolutely, I'm not left, disagreeing. They with left you. the door open. I I 100% agree. Of course, I say this, and it's all it's all hearsay on whether or not I actually said this, but you know, sitting getting ready to watch the game, and I'm like, you know what, Farley Dickinson, they're gonna win. I should have put money on it. Really Sh- thought about it. Really should have thought I, about it. I knew I should have changed it in my bracket before. Everything locked. I just I didn't have a ton of faith in the Purdue team to win the whole thing. I just didn't think they'd lose in the first round. Not so. to not to a sixteen seed. Of course, now UMBC has some company. So the question is, which sixteen seed joins them next? We'll see down the road. I'm just. Is this going to become more of a, a an occurrence uh, with these high seeds winning? I I, uh, I think the gap is closing between um, the smaller conferences, the smaller schools, those mid majors, those low majors that are having like, they're they're getting more talent. I think the game is becoming a whole lot easier for other schools to to find a niche and to be able to to take down the big giants. Absolutely, absolutely. Now. We're going to talk about if we're going to talk about giants, and we're not talking about Zach Eady. We're going to talk about schools that are giants just because of their names. USC losing to Michigan State always a great thing to see Michigan State win in March. It always gives me a nice, warm, tingly feeling. January, February, Izzo as as it's the guy. It's the guy. Twenty five straight March Madness appearances for Tom Izzo. Eight, nine Final Fours for him? I want to say it's eight. Mm, yeah, something like that. And, you know, this is a Michigan State team that if they keep their rhythm and they let, and they keep their stride going, they could make a deep run here. I'm not saying national championship. They have the talent. It's eight Final Fours. They eight have the time. They have the talent. To do it, they have the, um, they can shoot the ball really well. Um, they can, they play real physical ball like Tom Izzo really likes. Um, it just, sometimes the, the pieces just don't click. They, and yeah. they, they just cannot seem to close out a lot of games. They'll have the game well in hand and then they just, no, oh, we're good. We're going to coast and they can't do that. And you can't do that in March because it's always, how many times have we seen this this tournament already? Ten to twelve point leads, and in about four minutes, that lead's gone. Look at the uh, just from today, Texas and Penn State. Texas had a uh, was it was an eleven point lead. Yep. With seven minutes left, and before it was even five minutes on the dot, it was a one point game. Yes. And you know a lot of that comes down to the three ball. Yeah, more people are more. More players are shooting that ball at a better rate, and and it's going in. Yeah, let's talk about one of the leading three-point shooters in the country, Joey Hauser. My guy, Hauser. in the veins. Hauser with some big threes. Had a big corner three in the second half. Felt really bad for Hauser at the end of last year. Was getting a lot of flack sent his way because... 
He he couldn't hit the three last year. He couldn't. Well, he he just he couldn't wasn't shooting well. Everyone said that he was he was awful. He wasn't. He didn't need to be at Michigan State anymore. Um, I won't lie. I called him a fluke. I had no doubts in him whatsoever. I was really happy when he transferred from Marquette. Marquette, who they're playing he tomorrow. Trans- him, he transferred from Marquette, and, and I was really excited when he came on. And I'm still excited to see how he finishes out his uh, Michigan State career. You think he comes back for one more? Absolutely not. All right. No way. <laughs> now, do you think coming up against Marquette and Shaka Smart, is this a Michigan State team that has to rely on the three to win? No, they need to rely on their physical defense. They're, they they manhandle every guard we've ever played. We we get We play physical and we play good good uh fundamental defense that's a staple for um tom Izzo over all the years is that his his defense is really what's going to get him through march and it's going to come down to us being able to make some shots absolutely and if we're not making shots then i don't (laughs) we ain't shooting the ball well we're done michigan state cannot go on that little five minute lull that they like not against this team not any more of the not any more of these games can have that Absolutely. Now, Marquette coming into this game is favored at minus two and a half. That's not a lot here, but I think Vegas knows that uh, the Spartans are feeling it. Um, Marquette is really well organized team. Um, Shaka Smart has the boys rolling, and they can. They're not the biggest team though, so I think we do bring a bit of a height advantage into this game. I would agree. Of course, uh, coming from Madi Sissoko, who's been a big man. Some big minutes in yesterday's game. Some big minutes. Him and... Um, Kohler. No, 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 no. Cooper? Carson Cooper? Carson Cooper. Cooper came in clutch. He had some big minutes. Played some really good defense. Got to throw the ball down a couple of times down the floor in a row. Those guys and Kohler have to have to show up tomorrow. Absolutely. Now, Marquette coming into the game averages about 80 points a game. Michigan State averages points against of 62. Said so we play really good defense. Now, what's real I think what it's going to come down to is you know, Marquette is on a 10 game winning streak here. Now, they're coming out of the uh Big East. Marquette's a Big East team. Uh-huh. This is a this is a team that if let's just double check their uh, Marquette as a team shooting about forty nine percent. That's good. It's nuts. You don't you don't typically see teams shooting close to fifty percent. We're shooting forty five. We might be shooting forty five, but I don't know. This and is we, we shoot it about forty percent from three. They shoot it about thirty four percent from three. Seventy seventy six percent from the line for Michigan State, seventy two percent from Marquette. My only concern coming into this game is I don't want it to be, you know, relying on the on that three ball. And I, I've I have a strong feeling that if 
Michigan State starts to miss shots and, you know, they go on two minute, three minute without scoring, it's going to be start chucking threes, hoping something hits. They're going to, what, what's going to happen is that Michigan State's going to start forcing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And that can't happen. When they start to get offensively inept and they need a basket, it's all of a sudden, oh, I, I have to be the guy that forces a shot up that gets something going. And I would say that typically falls on Jaden Akins. I, well, we don't need hero ball. Don't need it. Just play team basketball. You guys are going to win every game. Absolutely. Jade Nakins, that first half, was forcing a lot of shots. Forcing. It seems like every time he went down the court and had the ball, he was either sprinting to get a layup and missing, or he was taking shots with hands square in his face. Now, Marquette, in their last game, shot 50% from deep. So I don't, I don't know if this is a game that I'm particularly particularly feeling safe about we'll see we'll see it's good it's a good matchup i think it's one of the better two seven matchups that is coming out um you know we saw who else was on a two seven today um i don't think we had a two seven today yeah ucla and northwestern ucla northwestern which ended up being a really good game it really was but you know as we saw with a lot, a lot of Big Ten teams that lost, you know, it was, we're going to play really well the whole game, and the last two minutes we're just going to die. You know, you're getting a lot of... I think Northwestern just started their comeback a little too early in the game. Okay. Because they, they stayed within, uh, they got, they depleted the 10-point deficit in the first half. Mm-hmm. They got it tied up at like 49, and... There was still about nine minutes. Yeah, there was still a whole lot of time. A lot of time. Not saying that you know that that there's ever a bad time to start a comeback. I'm just saying like they exerted a lot of energy and they lost the momentum. Absolutely, and of course UCLA coming to join the Big Ten 2024. I think that'll be a nice little nice nice little pickup rivalry to add to the list. Maybe you know I feel like this. Playing against these teams, you know, that are coming into the, coming into the Big Ten, playing against teams in the Big Ten, I think this sets up really well to see how they're gonna kind of kind of fare in their first year. Um, I my only concern with teams coming into the Big Ten is that you know these are two California schools on very different times. I feel like they're gonna they're gonna do really well in their home games and struggle in away games. Uh, maybe you'll you'll see that. I mean, you think about the Big Ten schools having to go out, out there and play. They're going to get a tip-off at 7 o'clock, you know, West Coast time, and it's going to be 10 o'clock here. Yeah. Or even if they happen to get the really late spot, which is a 10 o'clock tip-off East Coast time, it's going to be a 4 o'clock tip-off there. And if they don't, they're going to catch an even later tip-off time. Mm-hmm. It, it could it could go either way. Those kids are resilient. They'll figure it out. Um you want to get a little into a little more local stuff around us? Um, you want to talk about some KUK State both getting a win in their first game? Yeah, let's. KU dominates Howard, absolutely dominates as him. as a one seed should. If you looked at that uh, about the first fifteen minutes of that game, you would have thought that maybe Howard was like, you know, maybe they can put some pressure on them, and then second half showed up and. Howard, not a bad shooting team. 
You know, you get a lot of teams kind of come out in the second half with a little bit of fire under them when they go into the half losing. Can't make a shot to save their lives. Well, how about KU going 52% from the field, 38 of seven, 38 for 73? Oh, boy. You can't draw it up any better. No. And this is a KU team that, you know, they've shown all season that, you know, they are one of the best. Like, that they're going to come out and they're going to say, you're going to respect us because we're going to shoot the ball, we're going to make it, and, you know, you're going to believe in us because we're just it. And, of course, KU led by, you know, Jalen Wilson, Grady Dick, uh, uh, Dewan Harris. You know, all these guys are typically hitting double digits in points. Typically, you're going to get Jalen... Jalen Wilson to get you 20 points, you know, national player of the year contender here. And, you know, he he consistently makes a good case, although his two for seven from three, not great, considering that, you know, you got Grady Dick down here shooting three of five. But Grady Dick, potential freshman of the year, although a little too inconsistent, in my opinion, to get that honor. But even in, even in KU's game today against Arkansas, they shot at 48%. It just shows you how... Incredible. A- absolutely. I'm, I'm telling you, this is one of the best shooting teams to ever 24 play. for 50 shooting. And and they lose. Yeah. And they lose. They they go... I'm, I'm really surprised they lost today, but they got out-rebounded sig- uh, pretty significantly. Uh, especially on the offensive boards, um, they they turned the ball over a lot today. They, I think, tw- like twenty three team fouls for the whole game. That's 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 quite a bit. Well, but Arkansas has twenty five. Uh, Arkansas is known to be a <coughs> team that likes to foul. They they foul a lot, but KU I wouldn't say is a team that fouls a lot. I, I would agree. I'd say KU really only starts to foul when they get flustered. And I think today was a day where they, they really got flustered. Definitely at the end of the game. Uh, I had a lot of guys getting frustrated at the end because things just weren't starting to fall their way. Absolutely. And, you know, like I was talking about inconsistent. Grady Dick goes three for five from three in his last game. Goes one for three in the game today. Shot a, kind of a little poorly today. Only... Three for nine from the field, and only able to put up seven points after giving a nineteen-point performance against Howard. You know this just keeps going back to my. You know he's a little too inconsistent. Maybe this isn't a guy ready to make the jump to the NBA. Stick it out another year. But you know, I was probably ready. He goes. I, I I'm not going to disagree that he's ready. Just, I just don't necessarily think he has a great career. I, me. I'd say Grady Dick is one of those players that could definitely benefit from one more year in college. Sure. I think if you stay all four years, you do a whole lot better in the NBA. It's been proven. Absolutely. I do not disagree. One and Duns will always struggle in the NBA. No, of course, you have the ones that do excel. But I'm. Who? Wasn't uh, Carl Anthony Towns a one and done? Anthony Davis a one and done? Carl Anthony Towns was a one and done. Uh, I would say he's had a decent career. Decent. 
Anthony Davis has been injured quite a bit. But look uh, at when he plays. He goes nuts. Uh, he's going to eat, yeah. Zion Williamson, a one and done. You really want to say he's had a great career? He's missed more games than he's played. And they just gave him a nice big old contract. They they did. Uh, uh. You can be talented at basketball, I just say. Like, I don't necessarily think you're going to be nec- super ready. Mm. I think Zion was about the most like NBA-ready guy I've ever seen. And look at that. Well, I was telling you he wasn't ready for the NBA. I, I, I said he was a bust. I mean, if you want to get into this with Michigan State, uh, Max Christie. Think he should have stayed? I, I do not disagree, but... This team would be electric if he had stayed. You think if... But if Max Christie stays, you know... Jaron Jackson, there's a one and done. Has had a very successful career. Yes. John Morant. Was a one and done. Was he? Yes. Hmm. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Um, who? Oh, there was a KU player a couple years ago that was a one and done. Oh, I can't. Uh, that's probably why I can't remember him is because he wasn't that good <laughs> in the NBA. Granted, I don't watch too much NBA. Once these guys get out of college, I really have no care for them. I don't care anymore. You know, if you're not wearing the green and white outside of that, bye. You can just do whatever. I mean, we can go through if you really want, but we don't have to. I can go through all the Michigan State guys if you really want to. All of them? Like the ones that are in the NBA currently? Or just one and duns? Uh, One and duns from Michigan State? Sure, let's do it. Okay. Um, How far back do you want to go? Please, not further than I've been alive. Sure. That's at least 18 years of one and dones. I guess Mateen Cleaves was, what, 2000? He wasn't a one and done. I understand that he wasn't, but let's go back. 2000, yeah. 2000, their their most recent championship. Please hold. I'm pulling pulling it up. This is a bit difficult. I I would agree with that. It would be a difficult one to find. Now, you want to talk about some four-year people that have had some really nice careers. Fred Van Vliet's developing a really nice NBA career. He's going to have a very end, end, he's going to end up with a very well-rounded career. Yes. Definitely should have gotten a, a sixth player of the of the of the year after his performance in an NBA Finals where he gets a ring. Would love to see him come back a little bit more to Wichita show a little bit of love, but you know, it's okay. He only went to a Final Four. No national championships, but... And of course, speaking of Wichita State, transfer out of last year, Ricky Council went off today. He was the te- he's the team's leading scorer, so... But he did have a very, very nice day. Who? Ricky Council. Not today, he wasn't. He's the team's leading scorer. Ah, overall, overall. My apologies. Yeah, Ricky Council played really well. 21 points. 10 of them coming from the free throw line. Not great from beyond the arc at 1 for 6 from 3. 5 of 18 from the field. But played played the whole game. Played all 40 minutes. You know, you, you don't you don't see that too too often anymore. You don't see a lot of 40-minute players. Um, you know, 
did really well on the glass, had six rebounds, four assists, had a, had a block, only had one turnover, especially as being a guard, one turnover, you know, that's typically really nice to see. Um, of course, he, he did get hurt early in the game. He had he was having that ankle problem. And then at, towards the end of that first half, Dewan Harris also had a little bit of a tumble on the ankle. A little bit, a little scary for KU fans right there. Um, Didn't matter, they lost. If Dewan Harris plays those last three minutes, I don't know if it, it makes... It might be a different game, you never know. You, you never know, but, you know, that... That puts, you know, Pettiford in an interesting situation because he's not, you know, he's not the main ball carrier there. Be Only being a sophomore, I'd say next year he has a much larger role to play. Michigan State has had three one and dunners In the last how many years? All time. All time? Only three? All time. Oh. And you know all of them. I know all of them. Yes. Okay, so Jaron Jackson Jr. One. Great career. He wanted to even stay to to run it back. And Izzo told him he had to leave. So that would have been an electric team if he stays. He, he but he he had to leave because he I, I that's one where I'll I will agree with Izzo he needed to go. I, I would agree as well. Just it was, it it was his time. It stung a little bit. Um Oh, who played with that Miles Bridges team? That's kind of sucked. This guy came in as a freshman. It's a freshman. Okay, so is that gonna be Christy? Would you Would you like it? Oh yeah, Christy. You can add Christy. Some of that. It's four. Okay, I thought that's what we were talking about. Uh oh. (laughs) I know all of them. Uh oh. This is really testing my Michigan State basketball knowledge. One's a little older. But you will know the name if I say it, I believe. Not Draymond. No, Draymond played all four years. Okay. Denzel Valentine was four years. Yes. I knew that one. All good Michigan State players. Stick around. It's it's the fact that I should know these. So how how recent is one that I'm missing right now? I believe you saw one of them play. Like in person? Yes. Okay, well that I would have seen Jaron Jackson play. You did not see Jaron Jackson play. He played on that team. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Oh no, that no, was the year before. Who was the Jaron Jackson was the year after, but it's okay. Oh, that's what I meant. Cuz that was the year that they did about the same thing here where they went 19 and 11. Outside of Max Christie, all three of these guys were drafted by the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh. Isn't that funny? And all three of them played center. You've already named Jaron Jackson, so. All three have played center yep. for the Grizzlies. Yes. Oh. One of them definitely should not have left. Is this the one that I would have seen? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know who you're talking about. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Don't say no, I don't. You don't know it. Yes, I do. No, you don't. What's the, uh, just give me a uh, first letter. 
I'll give you both of the first letters to his first and last name. Okay. D-D. 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 He had the, he left because Jaron Jackson was coming in. Oh, you, oh, you even told me that's why he left. Yep. Oh, no. He must have had a really crappy NBA career. I don't know if he's even in the NBA anymore. Oh, yikes. That's probably why I'm not remembering. Um, Just say that you give up. I can't say that I give up. You still have one more to go get, but I don't know if you'll get him because he's a little older. Define older. Like in between Denzel Valentine and Cassius? Older than both of them. Oh... Uh, wait. You said you said he also played for the Grizzlies. He did. Is he a little bit more famous? Maybe. Um, I can see his face too. Can you? You wore the sweatband. Yeah. Oh, uh, Zach Randolph. Yes. Okay. Yes. So we're still stuck on DD. Had a decent NBA career as he well. He did. That's why I, I remembered him. I believe you made it to the Western Conference Finals with the Grizzlies. Yeah. Not DD though. Deontay Davis. I wasn't getting that. I know. <laughs> I was not getting Deontay Davis. Deontay Davis was one of the next big things. Big time as a recruit. Played freshman year and like didn't didn't have necessarily a bad career. Just didn't have a really great team around him. Bridges was a freshman. He's a ball hog. Cassius was a freshman. Not or, a ball you know, hog. Cassius came in the next year with Jaron. Yes. So they were, and they were still figuring it out. And I think if Deontay had stayed. And sat behind Jaron, it would have been okay. Would have been a really good one-two punch, I think. I was not getting Deontay Davis. It's okay. It's okay. Yikes. So, K-State. K-State. Keontae Johnson went off. 12-point victory over Montana State. Good day for the Wildcats. Shooting 58% from the field. You know, minus Arizona, it was a great it was a great round of 64 for the Wildcats. Kentucky won. But so Kentucky and K-State won. Now they have to play each other? Yeah. Now it's the Wildcats versus the Wildcats. You know, we had Tigers versus Tigers today. What's wrong with Wildcats versus Wildcats? I'm still pulling up the K-State score here. Oh jeez. It was <laughs> 65 to 77. K-State runs away with it. Seems to be how K-State won a lot of their games was it kept it a little close and then the last five or so minutes take off. Closing out games. That's how you do it. That is how you do it. Ooh, K-State shot 58% from the field. I just said that. You did? Yep. My bad. All right. Did you talk about the rebounds yet? Nope. Okay, that's great. Go for it, buddy. 29 total rebounds. Of course, 27 for Montana State. So, not as... Not as uh, impressive looking at that. But let's let's look at turnovers here really quick. 14 turnovers for the Wildcats. That's not going to hold up here against Kentucky in the next game. Absolutely not. Kentucky will absolutely 
murder you in points off of turnovers. You know, this this Kentucky team is going to be able to move the ball around, and I, I don't know if the one-two punch of Johnson and Noel will be able to carry K-State How here. many turnovers do they have? How many did you say? 14. 14. Kentucky turned it over 11 against Providence. But you're also talking about a Kentucky team that... Kentucky's going to out-rebound. Absolutely. That's going to be their try to... That's what they're going to try to do. Um, they're going to try to beat you on the glass. How many assists did Kentucky have in that game? Assists? Assists. Is that a curiosity? Nine, ten. Ten assists. Okay, so they're they're not really a pass-it-around team. K-State had 21. Uh, I think K-State plays really good team ball. I think I think K-State's going to have to really capitalize on making this Kentucky team run. Make them run around, kill them. You know, that's what you... When uh, Wichita State went to that Final Four, that was their thing was play angry, play hungry. We're going to outrun you for... 40 minutes. I think this is a K-State team that if they pass the ball well and they get it moving around, they're going to make this Kentucky team move, force them to go to a zone, open up that low middle, and just absolutely dominate. Because once you open up that middle down by the basket, forces Kentucky to start collapsing a little bit, opens up that three line for Noel to go out there and hit some shots. And I, I think this, if this K-State team can, you know, Figure out how to you know move this ball around a Kentucky team that plays great defense. I think they're going to do really well. Um, of course, Noel going three for six from deep, and then Johnson going eight of fifteen from the field. This is going to be if they're if their one two punch holds up with Johnson and Noel. I think this is a K State team that could easily make a Final Four run coming out of the East. They got to go through Michigan State. I, I understand that, and I actually have that matchup in my bracket, and I have Michigan State winning. I don't think K-State can hold up against a physical team like Michigan State, but I think this is a K-State team that can hold up against a Kentucky team. It's a fair assessment. But I also have Kentucky winning this game in one of my brackets. Really hoping that uh, that K-State comes out on top here, though. That's the Kansas in me, though. Always want to see... Kansas teams succeed unless it's KU. Then I would prefer to see them lose. Like today. Like today. Like today. <laughs> um Well, we've got we've kind of hit all the base Oh wait, that we have one more matchup to just get a quick word in here about. Sure. Farley Dickinson and Florida Atlantic. Ah uh, yes, the good old 9-16 matchup. I don't think this has ever happened. I'm pretty sure it was the 8 seed that played uh, UMBC it's that year. Still, what, the 9-16 matchup. Is, is it weird saying 16 in the round of 32? No. I'm okay with it. You're okay with it? Let, let, let's just... ESPN's matchup predictor gives Florida Atlantic a 95.7% chance of winning this game. They're going to run them out the gym. You think Florida Atlantic runs them out? 20 points. 20. 20. All right. I'll wager that. I'm going to say Farley Dickinson wins this by 10. I'm going to take Farley Dickinson by 10. Give me the Knights. 
Good for you, buddy. Okay, let's let's look let's look at Farley Dickinson real, real quick. Sure. They average seventy seven points a game. They average sixty points against. They they shoot well. They shoot forty five percent as a team. They're averaging thirty four rebounds. They pass the ball about the same as Florida Atlantic. You know, they both have fourteen assists here. But I think this is a Farley Dickinson team. That is, we just beat a one seed. We're hungry. We want to create history. We're it. Let us go to the Sweet 16. I'm taking Father Dickinson here, especially, especially after the run that they've had here recently. You know, you, you, you don't just knock off a number. You don't knock off a number one seed and not think, let's go do this. I'm looking something up for you. What, what are you looking up here? What? I'll give it to you in just a second. Keep All right. Well, let's take a quick look here at Florida Atlantic. You know, always got to keep tabs on the other team. Florida Atlantic allowing 65 points a game. Of course, they're on their own scoring uh, 78 and a half here per game. Shooting about 47% from the field, so better than Farley Dickinson. Out-rebounding them average with about 39 a game. I, I stand by that this is a Farley Dickinson team that is going to go nuts being able to play in the second round. They're going to want to play in the Sweet 16. They're going to want to play in the Elite Eight. You know, this could even be a 16 seed that creates massive chaos and goes to a Final Four. You know, we're, we're at the point in uh, college basketball where it doesn't matter what conference you're in. Because of NIL and because of all these opportunities players are getting, we're going to see a lot of these... I, I agree with you here. We're going to see a lot of mid-majors. We're going to see a lot of low-majors. They're going to start picking up ground on these on these major conferences, and they're going to absolutely start destroying in tournaments. We saw it this year in just college basketball on its own. You know, North Carolina coming in as a number one overall preseason favorite, not even in the tournament, not even ranked at the end of the season. This, this is a turning point fighting, for college fighting basketball. Fighting for their lives in the conference tournament. Fighting. And still couldn't come through won't didn't accept the bid into the nit you know stupid I, you know, I i don't disagree with hubert davis there you want to focus on your team in the offseason you want to say hey we had a really crappy year let's reassess let's reevaluate you know that's fine now being north carolina i think you have to play because you know that's just north carolina not playing in march not something you hear of often but ever i, I don't know did I guess Duke did make the NIT that year that they didn't make the tournament, but you know, I'm I'm gonna keep going on my little rant here. This is a turning point for college basketball. This is where we're gonna start to see sixteens, fifteens, fourteens, thirteens start winning consistently. I think this is where, you know, the tournament becomes a little bit more exciting because sixteen seeds, you're gonna be like, Well, they could be an eight seed. I think this is gonna be where college basketball says, you know what, we're we're done with the KU's going to go play Duke. No, KU's going to go play Farley Dickinson up in New Jersey. They're going to take the challenge. And you know what? I'm taking Farley Dickinson in those games. I'm taking teams like Farley Dickinson's Merrimack. I'm going to take teams like Texas Southern. I'm going to take teams like North Texas with the mean green. I'm going to take teams like Florida Atlantic, like Florida International. I'm going to take the weird teams out of the West Coast whose names I don't even know. I'm going to take teams out of the whack like Grand Canyon. <laughs> I'm going to take teams... Out of these unknown conferences. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We get it. You're going to take all the underdogs. It's okay. I get it. I get it. 
Let me, let Welcome get, to the new era of college basketball. What do you think the spread is for this for FAU Fairleigh Dickinson game? What do you think the point spread is? Florida Atlantic is obviously the favorite. I'm going to say it's a four and a half point favorite. Wrong. What is it? 14 and a half. Ouch. 14 and a half. What's the over under? 149 and a half. Okay, so we're saying if. Okay, 14 and a half. 149 and a half. So 150 is. What, 84 to 66, something like that? A little bit more? 68? Whatever? I'm sticking with it. Give me Farley Dickinson. Give me the Knights. Take the Knights. I'm taking the Knights, and I think they're going to win by 10 or more. You got FAU by 20 or more? Go for it. I'm sticking with my college basketball turnaround. Give me the 16 seed in the Sweet 16. Give me the 16 seed in the Elite Eight. Give me them in the Final Four. Put them in the championship. Write it down. Farley Dickinson in the championship game. They're not going up against Houston. They're not going up against some team that you know. They're going to go up against some unknown team. I don't know what unknown team is left that they would play. Um, looking at the bracket, I'd have to go double They'd check. they get Tennessee. They would get Tennessee. Yeah. Um, like in a championship game? They'd get Tennessee in the next round. Oh, in the next round. Oh, uh, Farley Dickinson. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what about that one, huh? You know Let, what? Let's uh, say Farley Dickinson wins. You taking them all the way to the Final Four? Yeah, I'm going to take them over Tennessee. And you know what? That sets them up for a matchup if they were to go beat Tennessee with none other than Michigan State. And you know what? As much as I love my green. Give me the cakewalk. <laughs> give me the Knights over Michigan State. Put them against Bama. Put them against Bama. Give me Dickinson over Bama. Give me Dickinson over whoever they could play in the championship. Somebody get this guy out of (laughs) here. You can't get rid of me. This is my podcast. (laughs) Give me them. (laughs) Give me them. (laughs) Oh, did we just get muted? We did. Someone's going on a rant. Okay. Sorry, people. We have to shut that down because homeboys over there getting wild. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You no, don't touch don't touch. You're gonna mess something up. You will mess something up. No, absolutely not. There you go, you're back. Give me Oh my god, no, we're done. We're absolutely done. Get the give me the get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. We're done. We're done. We're done. And that and that you know what? I think that's gonna have to wrap us up here. Um, with Andrew going off and saying, I'm taking the Knights the whole way. They're going to lose tomorrow. It's fine. They're going to lose tomorrow. Um, Andrew's going to ride and die on the hill of Dickinson. Why don't you go to school there? Let's look that one up. Go to school there. Call it Andrew's. Andrew is committing to Fairly Dickinson today. Right now. We want to thank you all so much for being here. We wouldn't be here without you guys, the fans, our supporters. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Go find us. We're out there. Don't worry about it. We're everywhere. We are everywhere. We will see you next time with the next podcast. Until then, goodbye. Thank you, folks. And that was your starting lineup.
Go Knights! <laughs>